Kyle Mann is the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee, the best fake news website in existence. And today we are talking about their new book, The Babylon Bee Guide to Gender, the comprehensive handbook to men, women, and millions of new genders that we just made up. Guys, this was a really fun conversation, and I didn't know it was going to go this way, but it just did. And you will hear very quickly what I mean by that. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Kyle Mann, editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so you have just written a book, or you have uh, been part of writing the book, The Babylon Bee Guide to Gender, the Comprehensive Handbook to Men, Women, and Millions of New Genders that We Just Made Up. I'm very appreciative for this uh, comprehensive guide handbook, uh, because I have a hard time keeping up with all of the different pronouns and all of the different identities. But you, I guess, through lots of travel and extensive research, have discovered all of the different identities that a person can have, and you've put them into this book, right? That's absolutely right. You know, um, we took one for the team and stared into the abyss of gender theory so that, um, so that you guys wouldn't have to. Mm. And uh, we want to be thanked for our service. And you can thank us for our service by purchasing 20 copies of the book. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty insane. But um, we, we, yeah, we looked at all the different genders that have been made up. And then we made up a bunch of our own because, you know, why not? It's a fun thing to do. And you can, you can do it yourself. You can do it at home. Um, oh, just a fun good. activity to do, you know, with the kids or whatever. So. Yes, I appreciate that. I appreciate that y'all did include at least like the OG genders. I mean, they're boring, but they, I mean, they do exist. I think we have to kind of like begrudgingly acknowledge that there are men and there are women, there are boys and there are girls, but it's a little more nuanced than people may realize. So can you define for us how the Babylon Bee explains like what a man is or what a woman is? Well, that's a very offensive question um, that that you would even ask me. So yeah. I'm just I want to put that out there just to, right. to start that it's a little a little offensive. It's kind of a far right talking point. <laughs> um, but I think you know a man is whatever you want to to be, and right. then a woman also is is whatever you you want it to be, just like all of the other genders. So. But man, you know, man and woman, yes, 50 years ago, people thought those were the only two. So we do kind of go back and look at like, this is the traditional concept of a man. But we do, we do preface that by saying, this is all hate speech. Right. But, you know, a man would be a, a person who mows the lawn and, you know, can drive. And then a woman does not do those things. But that's... Again, that is going back to the 1950s kind of stereotype of there being two different genders. So we do go back and look at the original two in the dark times before um, very upstanding people that never did anything wrong invented gender theory. Right. And kind of just like debunked everything that for thousands and thousands of years people thought that we knew. Because I think like the rudimentary just 
like, you know, very crass, almost barbaric understanding of gender was like, I mean, chromosomes, or you thought that, okay, when a baby was born, you would just be able to look and observe and say, this is a boy or this is a girl. I mean, it's almost embarrassing to say that some people at some point thought that. But like in the last five years, we've actually evolved past what everyone thought for thousands and thousands of years, right? Is, is that an accurate description of what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does make you, it does make you ashamed to even be part of the human race when you realize um, decades ago, or even, you know, three or four years ago, people, people thought that you could look at a baby and say, boy, right. or girl, you know, um, so it does make you it does make you a little shame. But you're right. We have progressed past that. And we have evolved past that. Because progress is always good. And as you know, there there was violence 50 years ago, there was bad stuff that happened in the world. And now you can yeah, you just know intuitively, like those those things are behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, so pr- progress always goes in a good direction, and never in any society has have things progressed in a bad direction. So new, I, what I'm trying to say is new is good, old is bad. Yeah, that's how we know what's moral and, and right with with gender. Yeah, and you know, I just think it's so. Um... It's so basic and, I don't know, kind of boring when you think about it that some people bring up things like science or XX and XY or like anatomy or things like this. I mean, when I'm thinking about this, I'm just like, honestly, like, why is that stuff even relevant? You know, I mean, when it comes when it comes to how you feel and when it comes to, like you said, progress and when it comes to advances and things like that, I just don't understand why physical reality is even brought into the conversation. It just doesn't really seem all that interesting to me, you know? Well, reality and facts are well-known tools of the far right. Right. So that is, that's one reason you have to be really careful when you're dealing in the realm of objective reality, chromosomes, biology. I mean, in Florida, you look at what Ron DeSantis is doing right now and he he has biology textbooks in the classrooms, mm. you know, and you think about, mm. wow, wow, like kids are being taught biology. Right. Like, like what a fascist, what a fascist regime down there. I live in California, you know, where we've uh, we've progressed past that and, and we've banned uh, biology. Yeah. But um, it is scary to think about. It's scary to think about the younger generation in these far-right strongholds and enclaves throughout the nation that are being taught things like facts and logic. Okay, y'all. Carly Jean Los Angeles is a family-run business. It was created for women to simplify our lives through easy and beautiful clothing. That's what I love about it. I'm always wearing Carly Jean Los Angeles. Anytime you see me, I'm going to be wearing CJLA today. Head to toe shoes, comfortable pants. This 
I think it's called the boyfriend tea. Absolutely love it. I'm a simple gal, so I'm not someone who needs like a bunch of patterns and sequins and things like that. No shame. That's just not me. So that's why I love Carly Jean Los Angeles. It's simple, beautiful clothing that I feel good in in every stage of life. I'm like nine months pregnant as I'm recording this right now. The fact that I can wear their clothes, which are not maternity clothes at this stage of pregnancy and also postpartum is amazing. It speaks to the versatility of Carly Jean Los Angeles. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AllieB at checkout for 20% off your order. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, code AllieB. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, code AllieB. I, I am very thankful. Like when I think of, okay, like what state do I want to look to for morality and just for compassion and virtue and all that? I do think of California first, specifically like the Bay Area. Usually it's just a place that I like mm -hmm. to visit. I walk around like at night a lot just because I, I just love the feeling of the city because they've just done so many good things there. And they've really led the way in understanding that, as you said, gender really is just something that you, that you feel that's like the point that we've gotten to in our advancement of understanding the human identity. And so you have a chapter in this book of picking your gender. Now I understand, of course, you're presenting as people can see, you've got a beard and you're wearing a gray shirt. I don't think that you're wearing makeup. I mean, I don't want to assume anything, but I understand that you have, you've been going through the process of like, of picking a gender too. Is that right? Well, it's, it's a process, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where like the journey is the destination or the real gender is just the friends we made along the way. Um, like you don't, you never arrive there. Yeah. Um, you don't like, it's so boring, right? If you're at a point where you're like, yes, I have found my gender and this is what I am. Right. Like what? Okay. Well, what are you going to do with your life now? Like go get a job or like, Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. So that's why, that's why for me personally, gender is a, is a process where that's, that's all the fun, you know, is, is yeah. constantly reinventing yourself every day, every hour, every minute. You never want your coworkers. If you have a job, you, you know, or, or, or your people in your commune or whatever, to just be able to look at you and go, Oh yeah, he's a man or, woman or whatever it is, you know, um, it, because at that point it's like, it, it just robs, it robs all the fun out of that process of discovery. So for me, it's like, I started this interview as a man, but will I finish it as right. a man? Yeah. And that's just what we don't know. And like you said, it, it really is all about that. Like second by second, constantly just like making things about you, making things about me and making sure that mm. everyone else is made to feel really uncomfortable and inconvenienced um, to service my affirmation. And I know you're a parent, you're a dad, you've got kids. What's what's the discipline in your house if your kids make the mistake of just calling you like dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, kids misgendering you. I mean, yeah. that is, whew, that's one of the worst things. Um, that's one of the worst things that can happen. Um, that's one of the worst things that can happen in a household, obviously. Like you're trying right. to train your children up in the way that they should go. And then they misgender you and you're like, right. what? Yeah. Like it's a very, it's a very, very um, triggering experience mm -hmm. for me personally, you know? So at that point we, you know, we won't feed them 
um, we'll lock them in the room, that kind of stuff. We will um, we will ban them from uh, from watching the content that they like. You know, like um, like the Young Turks. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we'll make sure that they're not allowed to um, they're not allowed to watch the latest Amy Schumer comedy special. Yeah. You know, you, it, it's, it's kind of a carrot or stick type thing. And, and we don't believe yeah. in spanking, obviously, but we do, um, we do have kind of brutal punishments in the way of depriving them of those things that, uh, that they like so much. Yeah. Wow. Getting rid of Amy Schumer comedy specials. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure that the mistake of misgendering doesn't happen again after that. Um, now you right. do, you do have a chapter in here on raising woke babies. Um, which I, I mean, I appreciated so much as we we're recording this, I'm pregnant. And so this was just like so instrumental for me in understanding how to raise a child um, that, you know, just based on what we see gives no indication of being male or female, uh, just to be totally fluid and decide for themselves, not too early, but probably like six months or so is when they should probably come to the knowledge of like what their gender identity is. So I wanted, I want to set this child up on the right path. Um, tell other parents who are thinking in the same kind of, um, you know, empathetic ways, how they do that. Yeah, well, I mean, congratulations. I didn't want to assume, you know, that you, that you identified as um, as a birthing person. Yeah, but um, but that's great. You know, we're glad that there's going to be another another woke baby in the world. Yeah, um, to spread the message of gender identity out there and become a you know an activist, and hopefully you get them out there on the front lines, um, fighting. You know, you can join a baby chapter of Antifa. Mm. That's always great. You know, get them learning the, you know, some, some dads play catch with their kids, but that's obviously like, again, that's that hateful far right stuff. Mm. You know, you, you need to teach them how to throw them on some cocktails and, and learn that motion early. Cause a lot, you know, let's be honest, Antifa, they burn stuff down, but there's not a lot of upper body strength there sometimes. Yeah. So you really need to start them learning that, learning that, mo- that motion early. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's, it's full, it's, it's total immersion, um, for babies, like, right, you know, like right now, even, you know, you need to get those little devices where you can play stuff in the womb, you know, and you, you need Disney plus constant Disney plus, um, immersion right now, uh, even so, and then as soon as they come out immediately, Disney plus Disney plus Netflix, you know, you want to show them the Transformers episode where they're talking about pronouns. Yeah. You want to talk about, you want to show them the Disney Plus show with the baby dinosaurs, with the, the two gay dinosaurs who have to adopt. Um, you want that kind of content out there because that's what, like, really, that's what, um, that's what entertainment is all about, is brainwashing. And that's what we want in our shows and entertainment. We don't want to, we don't want to be entertained or, like, have some princess saved by a hero and like, this is in 1937. Like we want, we want um, Snow White and the Seven unhoused persons from Portland, and that's like that's how you get, that's how you get kids on our side. It's all through the entertainment and the messaging. Okay, taking a break to tell you guys about naturally. 
it's clean. All right, so as I'm recording this, I'm about seven and a half months pregnant. As you're hearing this, I've already had the baby, but you guys know probably how it is when you're pregnant. One thing that you don't wanna do is have to bend from the waist to pick something up or to do something, and that includes scrubbing something off the floor. So I needed something, some kind of cleaner that would do the work for me so that I could just use my foot or use the Swiffer to kind of, uh, you know, scrub it up after the cleaner has actually done the work. And the other day I did this with my Naturally It's Clean floor cleaner. I sprayed it on this spot that had been stuck on my hardwood floors for a while and I left it there for a couple minutes. When I came back, I used a rag in my foot and I pushed it around and it came up so easily. I love how effective this stuff is, not just their floor cleaner, but also their stainless steel cleaner, their multi-surface cleaner. Um, I really love their carpet cleaner. I mean, that has gotten out so many stains, but the best part is that uh, they use safer ingredients, less toxic ingredients. They don't use any of those nasty fake fragrances. They use plant enzymes. So this is like hospital strength, hospital grade stuff, but without all of the fake stuff that's really unhealthy and toxic for your family and for your pets. Uh, Bob Villa Bob Villa says that this is the most eco-friendly carpet stain remover on the market today. Go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. You can get 15% off for a limited time. Go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie for 15% off. Naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. Yeah, you know, that's like one of my biggest frustrations, I think, with kids is that they want to be entertained. Like they just want to laugh. And they just want something that's good. And they tend to get bored when you try to give them a political message. I just don't know how to overcome that. Like, why do you think kids, when they're two, three years old, just don't get it? Like, why do you think that they they just want to have fun and just want to laugh? I couldn't think of anything worse than just being entertained by a high quality show or a movie with good acting. When I... If I'm paying money, you know, to go to the theater or to like get a streaming service, I want constant like political messaging to tell me that I'm bad and that I could be better. But I can't get my kids to get on board with that. So like, I don't know. What do I do? Yeah, I mean, that's that's hard coded heteronormative uh, patriarchal hierarchy that's been um, internalized by your child through the evils of our society. Yeah. Um, so that's something that, that you need to really like beat out of them. I mean, you know, I'm not saying beat your kids, but you know, <laughs> but like one thing we'll do is we'll take our babies and we'll put them on a blanket. And so if we have a, a, a baby that's been assigned male at birth, we'll put them on a blanket. And then on one side, we'll have a toy truck. And on the other side, we'll have a Barbie. And if the boy reaches for the truck, you know, whap, little whap on the hand. And then we do that until he reaches for the Barbie. And that's one way that you can kind of reinforce these, um, the, 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 you know, new non-normative uh, standards that we're trying to, that we're trying to implement in our kids. But yeah, you know, like my kid, my stuff. My seven-year-old the other day was watching Bluey, and it's like this family that has, get this, a dad and a mom, um, and then just, that's it. Like, just a normal, it's like a normal family. 
you know, and that's like, what? you know, so we had to, yeah, it, it was, it was really disturbing. It was really disturbing when, when we saw them. So that's another like, wow, no, yeah. you know, you have to, you have to do that all the way through the teen years, really. And you have to, you have to be really consistent in that too, just to make sure um, that there is none of that, you know, like heteronormativity, like you said, like springing up in them or something like that, which I'm sure, I don't know like how you navigate it. Cause you are married to, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what your partner identifies as, but just maybe from an outsider looking in, like they might think that you're a heteronormative family, like a man and a woman, but I'm sure you have to constantly show people, no, that's not true. Like we are totally, totally different than just like a man and a woman married. Yeah, it's a real problem. And that's why, um, like one thing that we'll do to kind of push against those gender roles, even though, yeah, we did make the mistake of just getting in a normal heteronormative marriage. Um, one thing that I'll do is I'll, I'll have my wife, I have my wife mow the lawn. Um, you know, uh, you try I'll to have get my wife like, parallel park or, you know, like things like that. Or do you like maybe well, stop talking and say, no, I'm fine. Is that kind of what you're, you're going for? Well, with, you know, with the, with the parking thing, it's like, you do want to draw lines cause you don't want to endanger anybody's, anybody's lives. That's obviously a line that we wouldn't, we wouldn't cross, but like for the other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'll just kind of, you know, sit on the couch and, and she'll say, Oh, what do you want for dinner? And I'll say nothing. I'm fine. Or I'll say, I don't know. And then I'll let her suggest a bunch of stuff. And then I just go, eh, I don't know. Eh. And then, and then, you know, over and over again until we start to, and that's one way that, um, that we try to push against those, those gender norms, you know, is you just, you have to, you have to look at like, what would a normal person do? And then just do the opposite. So I, yeah, I try to, I try to show that I am a, I'm a feminist, you know, I am a strong male feminist by letting my, my wife do all of the difficult stuff all yeah. the time. That's really, I mean, that's really brave of you. That's really brave because there's not very many people who would fight against the patriarchy by saying like, no, honey, I want you to fix the car. I want you to go in the attic and fix the leak. But like you are willing to make your wife do that. That's, I mean, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't get, I, I really don't get recognized um, for that enough. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I just wanted to affirm you in that. Um, now, you, you do have a segment on attracting other genders. I would love to hear more about that. Well, one thing that's a little strange, you know, is that we have this hyper-sexualized new um, gender theory where it's like kind of gender, sex, and attraction are the most important thing about you. And at the same time, most of the followers of it aren't very, uh, I'm trying to say this in a sensitive way, you know, aren't very uh, attractive or good looking or mm. they're kind of, it's, it's a struggle, you know, for us woke people is that for some reason people find us mean and off-putting um, as we're like screaming and throwing bricks at them. So I don't, so what we're trying to do in that chapter of the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender is um, really help out our fellow 
uh, woke persons of, of unspecified gender and and give them some tools that they can use to go out there and attract people. So we, and, and again, a lot of the dating advice out there is heteronormative. You know, it's like if you're a man, here's how you get a woman. If you're a woman, here's how you get a man. And that's really hurtful. Mm-hmm. You know, so we try to do we try to be more like we'll give we'll give specific dating advice that you don't get in other books. You know, mm. if you identify as a tater tot, how do you attract somebody who's a Mandalorian sexual? Yeah. You're not going to get that in most dating books. You don't get that in, mm-hmm. in I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Yeah. Um, you know, Joshua Harris is a bigot and, and doesn't um, and didn't cover that. In well, his, he's realized that, too. I just book. want to give a shout out to Joshua mm-hmm. Harris is that he has since realized that, you know, he's progressed. He's he, progressed. he has progressed. Yeah. He has since realized that the idea of, oh, just dating one person to get married of the opposite sex is obviously absolutely disgusting and vile and backwards. So I just wanted to make sure that we... I- acknowledge that i apologize i didn't i apologize i didn't mean to slander to slander joshua harris because obviously he has progressed and we know that again the new is always better than the old so you progress he's obviously smarter and more moral and stuff and more courageous now than he was Mm. um back when he when he supported that heteronormative stuff but those you know but, but really he did a lot of damage by um putting out this idea that you should be a virgin um until you're married and um, you know, that you should date uh, man and woman and all this. And so that's, and that is one thing that we're trying to do is we give tools for people so that they won't die alone. Um, and then, you know, whether, whether that's with one person or, you know, multiple, we're not going to judge based on that, um, that attraction. And we also have, we have a, a tool in the book that's, that um, helps you identify what your uh, orientation is in terms of who okay. you should be attracted to. Okay. So um, I think that one, I don't remember. I, I think that one might have the, uh, one of them has a, a big target and you flip a coin onto it a few times, you know, and it'll tell you, oh, I am a, you know, or it, it, might, be, it might be a dartboard. I, I forget exactly, but um, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you can kind of go just kind of a randomizer and it's like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm attracted to, um, Patriot missiles today, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the kind of thing that uh that that we do in the book. So, yeah, and because you mentioned tater tot, uh, sexuality, that's probably the like number one question that I get nowadays. That's like the biggest one. Parents call me. They're like, "Okay, tater tot sexuality, like specifically, how do I walk through this? Is it always going to be tater tot? Is it just a variation of, um." of potato you know like is it fries is it is it gonna be mashed potatoes or baked potatoes i wish i i don't know all the nuances of it but it sounds like something that you know a lot about so if you could just walk us through like what tater tot identity sexuality what does that look like well it's fair that's a very i mean again it's a very personal it's a very personal question um and it depends on the person you know like it, it <laughs> If you wake up and you're feeling like, let's say it's a, it's a nice crisp morning and you're thinking like internally, I feel crisp. I feel so crisp right now. I feel crispy like that. Okay. Made crispy, you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're tater tot. Like that's, that's kind of, and, and, and this is a, this is a template and a process that works for all the different genders. It's you wake up and just say, 
how am I feeling? And you try to identify, you, you brought it up, you said it best, you know, it's all about you. You define a reality and everything revolves around you. Yeah. Um, as all the great philosophers of the age have discovered, yeah. you know, um, you, it, it is all about you and you will only be happy if you only ever do things um, to please you and your specific desires. So yes. spend a ton of time thinking about yourself and what your internal feelings are and then announcing to the world, you know, today I am a tater tot or like today I am like Irish tots. You know, you could be an Irish tater tot, like the cheese and the uh, those little like chives. You could put yeah. chives on those. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 you could be any variation. So it's whatever you want it to be, really. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that message that you just preached so beautifully that it's about you, it's about you, it's about you, like every second. I mean, that's really what this comes down to. Everything revolves around you, no matter how many people you hurt, no matter how many people you lie to or betray. Really, if anyone expresses any kind of hurt feelings or anything like that, they're probably just, they have some kind of internalized phobia or they're evil in some way. They might harbor, I don't know, some really religious, maybe Mormon thoughts. And they should just be, they should be kind of just cut out of your life. So even if you end up totally alone, the most important thing is that you have every second of every day affirmed yourself and put yourself first and made it about you right absolutely and we we call there's a term for this you know we call the people who disagree with you even on the most minor of things we call it being toxic yeah you know if they don't affirm you if they don't affirm every single little thing about you they are toxic and they're to be cut out of your life there's another word that we call them we call them narcissists so if you yeah. dated 50 people in a row and it's always ended in disaster, you're not the problem. Mm -mm. You just happened to date 50 people who are narcissists because yeah. they didn't reorient their life around you and your every woman desire. So it's really important to realize you are not the problem with your life. It is not you. It is the world. You are a victim. Um, if the world won't affirm every single thing you do, then cut the world out of your life. Yeah. You know, that's that's just really great, really great advice. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm glad that you're on board with that uh, as well. Okay, y'all, let me tell you about Public Square. If you have not downloaded the Public Square app yet, you need to. I'm always getting messages asking me, do you know of an alternative to this woke diaper company or this progressive clothing company or this far left makeup company or cleaning company? And I'm like, you just got to download the Public Square app. You should follow them on Instagram too. They are showing you alternatives to these progressive companies. They're showing you how we can build this parallel economy by supporting companies that actually align with our values. All kinds of companies are listed on the Public Square app, but if you enter your location, you can also see local companies that you can support. So rather than supporting some woke coffee company, you can go to the local coffee shop that, say, defied COVID mandates or is Christian family run. And that's something that we should all be doing. Also, if you are a business 
business owner and you fit this definition, you can list your business on the Public Square app for free. What an awesome, awesome service. Go to publicsq.com. Download the app today. You can also just go to your app store, download the Public Square app. It's spelled Public SQ, publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Well, just someone that I look to is probably like the smartest person that I know is Lizzo. And I've been thinking mm. about her. I, I, I think that those are her pronouns. Um, I've been thinking about her a lot lately. And just she preaches this kindness message and this just love yourself love yourself love yourself which clearly she does there's a lot to love but recently she's had people come out and say you know lizzo is a bully lizzo threatened me with violence and she sexually harassed me and she's actually this terrible person and i just can't help but think that all of those people they must just be super jealous because all Lizzo is doing is making it about her. And that is one of the most beautiful and actually selfless things that you can do. I don't know if you also admire Lizzo or anyone like her, but gosh, I just feel so bad that all these toxic people are now complaining about her behavior. Well, I mean, I think, I think you're right in that there's a lot of jealousy there that that um that they're in Lizzo's shadow all the time, you know, and all I mean really all of us are are constantly in, in Lizzo's shadow, such a large um such a big personality. Yeah. Um you know that it's just the gravity of of um of what she does and who she is, you know, just kind of pulls us all in and, and I think I think it's easy to to just be really really jealous of Mm. of of how huge and gar- and gar- gargantuan you know her um success has been and I, yeah. I so i understand why people are a little bit are a little bit jealous of, of someone like that um but i mean really like i don't even understand what why they said lizzo did anything wrong like she was living her truth she was being herself you know i've seen some of the allegations we probably shouldn't you know repeat them on this show but um she was she was trying to sexually free and liberate these people in a lot of ways by inviting them to um you know just go out there and do what you want and i think it's really again toxic um and narcissistic of these people to reject lizzo's you know invitation to be their true selves so yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Like Lizzo is, I mean, Lizzo could be a gender. I, I might, by the end of this interview, I might be Lizzo gender. decide that I'm a Lizzo, Lizzo sexual or Lizzo, Lizzo gender. Yeah. Or one of those. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's really heavy. Um, okay. Moving on to just kind of our, our final, our final things here. I want to get your reactions to some, uh, clips that I found poignant and helpful. Uh, but first I just want to get your take on, I think a beautiful development that I've seen over the past few years is, uh, men dressed in fishnets and thongs and prosthetic breasts and a lot of makeup. Um, well, I, you know, I've gone to these shows with these men who call themselves drag queens for a long time. And, you know, every time that I've gone to a show, I'm like, oh, my gosh, kids need to see this. Why aren't kids here? And that was really my biggest concern when I started going to drag shows 10 years ago, looking around and seeing all these adults. And I was like, 
what is going on? Why aren't there kids? And where are the kids' books? And why are, why are we at a bar and not a library? So I'm thankful that, again, shifted obviously towards better where it's not just bars and nightclubs that we're seeing these men not really wearing clothes and acting like women, but they're finally where they belong. They're reading kids' books at libraries to toddlers. So I'm guessing you feel just as positive about this um, evolution that's occurred over the past few years. Yeah, I mean, the people who criticize this, um, these drag queen story hours, it's like, do you hate reading? Yeah. Do you not want kids to be literate? Because kids literally couldn't learn how to read if they weren't being read to by a man in a dress. Mm. So I don't like for thousands of years, people literally for thousands of of years of human history, kids didn't know how to read. And the reason for that is because there was no drag queen story hours. Mm. They literally did not know how to read until just a few years ago when when these started popping up. So now kids can read. Isn't that a good thing? Like I don't understand. I don't understand these these far right adjacent QAnon um, conspiracy theorists. Because it's like, you, you obviously hate reading. You obviously don't like books. Yeah. Like, how, how, is my, how are my kids supposed to learn how to, re- how to read if there's, not, if there's not a drag queen reading a book to them like, um, you know, the ABCs of gender, the LGBTQs, um, the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish. Yeah. Um, you know, Antifa baby. Mm-hmm. All these great books. Anti-racist that, baby. That, yeah. And anti-racist baby, yeah, um, all, all of those kinds of kinds of things. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. like you yeah, know I, what I, you I, can I completely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other people can keep their kids ignorant and not being able to read if they want to. Just try to teach them the ABCs or songs, <laughs> or just read them. I don't know, Doctor. I mean, Doctor Seuss or something. You can try that. You can try that if you want to. I've never seen it work. I have only ever seen a kid learn how to read when it's been a man in fake eyebrows and fishnets doing the teaching. But that maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. Can you say Florida? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Um, all right. Let's. I want to get your reaction to some of these uh, some of these clips that we've got. Um, let's see. Uh, Bree, I'll let you decide what clips you think are, are worth sharing, and then we'll get Kyle's reaction after they play. Today I'm gonna show you how to use beep boop pronouns in sentences. Aren't pronouns just like he, she, and they? Well, yeah, pronouns can be he, she, or they. However, they can also be neo pronouns. Beep has a strong sense of self and is confident in boop self and beep's abilities. Beep is proud of boop self and all the accomplishments boop has achieved, and beep is not afraid to show it. And those are so fun to say, honestly, and I love them. Okay, so that was really easy for me to understand, um, but. Could you just interpret that for people who might not be as advanced as us? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what pronouns used to do is, you know, they were a part of speech. Again, just trigger warning, this is hateful, what I'm about to say. They were a part of speech that identified the antecedent that you were referring to. So, in a sentence, you could talk about a few people, and then you could say, and he, and then you know, oh, they're referring to the male person um, in the sentence. And then she, oh, they're referring to the female person in sense. Um, but that's 
that's not like, again, we've progressed past that now to the point where pronouns are just, you know, how you're feeling today. And then everybody else around you has to know up to the minute what those pronouns are so they can refer to you by the correct thing about how you're feeling in the moment. So beep, boop, obviously beep there in the video was feeling good about boop self and confident about boop self. So beep went and, um, and explain that to everybody. So everybody now has to respect beep, beeps, a statement about boop self. Yeah. See, it's easy. And I, I hope, I, I hope I didn't misuse that anywhere there, but that's, no, that that's, um, easy. yeah, that's, that's good. The only thing about the beep boop bop thing that I would caution is that is what Gina Carano used as her pronouns for a while. So I wonder it could possibly be a hateful, a hateful thing. So I would caution the beep boop pronoun for that yeah. reason. And I would just, I would just be careful about it. And, um, obviously there's a lot of grace, but don't get it wrong. You know, like that's pretty easy. There's a lot of grace and understanding, but don't mess up because if you do, then, you know, the person who was just misgendered is not responsible for what happens to you after that. So it might be confusing, yeah, but also up. it's not hard. Yeah. A lot of grace, but don't mess up or we will destroy your life. All right, related bros and related gals, if you're like me, one of the biggest concerns that you have is the safety and protection of your family. And we are always trying to balance um, being protective, being prepared for the future, and also just trusting in God's providence and in his sovereignty and protection of us. I think one thing that we can do in preparing for the future without being paranoid is making sure that we have what we need in times of emergency without spending all of our energy and all of our time on that. So one really easy way to do that, in addition to maybe an emergency food supply, is an emergency uh, medical supply kit. Maybe this is not something that you think about, but if you start considering like what would happen in an emergency situation, you might not have access to the medications that you need, whether it's your daily prescription medications or whether it's antibiotics, should someone in your family come down with an infection that needs to be treated. That's why Jace Medical exists. They will get you a year supply of your family's daily uh, prescriptions as well as a year supply of the most needed antibiotics. So you go through this telemedicine process, they get you the prescriptions that you need, then you have a year supply of this should you need it. And hopefully you'll never have to, but if you do, it just gives you that peace of mind. Go to jacemedical.com, check them out. It's a great service. You use code Allie at checkout. That's jacemedical.com code Allie, jacemedical.com code Allie. Okay, there's a couple more. Uh, Brie, you can surprise us. If I am transitioning, why am I pregnant when that's such a woman thing to do? I would first of all like to say that um, it is free for me because one person asked why I don't do like surrogacy. Um, I'm basically like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing surrogacy for myself. It's free for me. Mm. If I have the parts, I'm a dad, y'all. I'm about to have my third child. If I have it, I'm going to get my well use out of it. That, I mean, I just relate to that so much as a pregnant individual myself. Being your own surrogate. Wow. Wow. My, one of my greatest regrets in life, you know, is that because I was assigned male at birth, I will never be able 
to be my own surrogate. Mm. And I will never be able to be a child factory who bleeds. You know, that's just like, yeah, it's so dignifying to be thought of. Yeah. Right. It's so dignifying to just be thought of as the biological processes that you can, um, that you can perform, you know, you're, you're a child factory. You, your job is to pump out more children. And, you know, that there was a way that that was hateful years ago, but now we've arrived to the point where that's good, good again. So yeah, you're child, child factory. Yeah. It's really sad that I can't be that. So good for him. Yeah. Bleeder menstruator like i just like i love that it feels very empowering to me anyway um okay do we have one more that we can react to okay hi my name is king and i'm a non-human alter in a did system and i'm making a discord server for people who experience wing dysphoria is of course open to systems with non-human headmates and it is also open to i think they're called wingkin literally anybody who experiences wing dysphoria hope to see you there other folks who experience wing dysphoria and who get the um, phantom wings, I know we are all familiar with the um, feeling of needing to stretch our wings and not being able to, but is it as common of an experience to feel like you have water on your wings, like feel like your wings got wet and you need to like fluff them up and shake the water out and and you can't and it's frustrating? So, thoughts? Okay, so wing dysphoria is <laughs> feeling like you have wings but on your body, but you don't, which is a hateful fact about reality. Again, reality is a right wing uh, hate crime. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I, I applaud these brave people, you know, that, um, that are willing to go out and, and say the thing that we've all been feeling that we wanted to have wings like i i jumped off the roof when i was when i was six you know to fly and and i my parents were hateful and they said you don't have wings like you're gonna hurt yourself and what they should have said was oh my gosh like you have wing dysphoria and they should have recognized that and my the whole course of my life could have been different um, but there's there's various kinds of wing dysphoria. You know, there's um, obviously people that feel like they're like an eagle or a vampire. Why do vampires have wings? A bat. Bats have wings. Um, you know, a B2 bomber. Like all of these things are different ways that you can feel that wing dysphoria. So I really feel for those people. And I hope that they're able to get the medical help that they need to get that um, those prosthetic uh, wings installed. Yeah, it's just so, it's so powerful to hear this person. I think it's she, her talk about feeling the water on her wings mm, and mm. probably the wind beneath her wings and mm. to, but how difficult would that be to wake up every day and to do what you did to jump off your bed or jump off your roof or like, I mean, empire state, whatever. And then to every time end up in the hospital. Like, I don't think we <laughs> yeah. have enough sympathy for that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the kind of thing that that us non-gender conforming people deal with every day that other people that are just driving to their jobs and working and, and you know, having a good time with their families and and all of that. That's the kind of experience that they will never understand. They'll never, you know, it. just jump. You know, you go to the top of the Empire State Building and try to jump off and they're like, hey, you don't have wings. Ah, triggered. You know, that's 
that's an experience that they'll never have to suffer through. So we need to think about these these oppressed yeah. uh, people groups. I agree. Yeah. And we don't have time to get into it, but this, you know, sweet lady, uh, I don't know, Hawk, uh, Blue Jay, I'm not sure exactly, but also talked about headmates. And I don't know if y'all cover this in this book, but that's something I see on TikTok a lot where there are different people in um, a person's brain. And, you know, I think that used to be a medical diagnosis. It's not anymore. Now it's a beautiful thing um, to embrace. Like if, you know, a few years ago we thought, okay, if someone has voices inside their head and they're jumping off buildings, that's bad. <laughs> but now we get it, you know? So I, I just think that this book is helping people understand that there's so many different ways to be and nothing is wrong that you feel is good, right? Exactly. I, I mean, I pray that we can progress to the day where someone's trying to jump, jump off a building and the cops pull up with megaphones and they just say, you do you, follow your truth. And then they let them jump. Because that's, that's the kind of society that we're trying to build. That's what we're trying to do in the Babylon Big Guide to Gender is we're trying to create this kind of society so um, if, you're, if you're a good person, you will buy the book. If you're a better person, you'll buy many copies of the book. Mm -hmm. And if you're a hateful bigot, you know, then, you, then you won't. You won't buy any at all, right? Maybe right. one for every gender. Um, yeah, I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, Kyle, thank you so much. And um, keep us updated if you want to come back on with different... Uh, you know, different identities or different ideas that you have, as you said so well, every new idea that someone has is good and better than the last idea and discovery that we had. So I know that there will be more books because there's always new thoughts defying this social construct that some people refer to as reality. So thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much. Everyone can go uh, buy this book wherever books are sold. And uh, as Kyle said, your morality is directly tied to how many books you buy. So thank you, Kyle, so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.